It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Russ Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and we are presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts using the promo code Podcast One. I already know why you're here. You are here because you want to make sure that you win your fantasy league now that you're in the playoffs. I love it. I respect it. And you're in the playoffs because of this guy, Evan Silva, at Evan Silva on Twitter from Roto World. He's the man. We got to get to the late games on Sunday, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter. After, by the way, I tell you who I am, for those of you that are listening for the first time, which probably isn't that many if now that it's week 14, but it's all right. You never know. Maybe you're just finally seeing the light because some of your boys actually retweeted us for once. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And one of the reasons why Evan and I are so sharp and we're both in the playoffs if you don't remember me from telling you that yesterday, is because of Omax Cognitive Boost. Look, it's not about 10 cups of coffee a day or whatever else you're doing, all, all kinds of soda or whatever. Give this a try so that you can stay with it, stay focused without just crushing caffeine all day. It's Omax Boost. It's got omega-3s in it. You know all about those. High DHA. It's got alpha GPC in it. All these ingredients, safe, natural, backed by years of clinical research. You will instantly feel energized, but no jitteriness, no crash. It's omaxboost.com slash feast. You get 60% off a one-month supply. O-M-A-X-B-O-O-S-T dot com slash feast. 60% of a one-month supply and a 60-day money-back guarantee. OmaxBoost.com slash feast today. All right, Evan, let's start episode two here with the late games on Sunday. The Bengals, man, A.J. Green now on IR, Andy Dar- uh, Andy Darnold on IR, um, Andy Dalton, why did I say Andy Darnold? Andy Dalton on IR against the Chargers. I saw them Sunday night, man. They're, uh, they're a fun group to watch, the Chargers are. They really are. I know, I know. And even without Melvin Gordon, and I don't think Melvin Gordon's gonna be back in this game. I think he probably could play based on what we've heard. You know, the, the rhetoric coming from the team at least. But I, I think it makes sense for them to hold him out one more. Of course, they haven't made sensical decisions regarding uh, Melvin Gordon very much this season. And that's, you know, that was him getting hurt maybe, um, you know, suffering the MCL sprain. But anyways, uh, Austin Eckler versus Josh Jackson is like a legit competition now in terms of who's going to be the better play. I think at the end of the day, they're both pretty decent plays. Eckler was such a disappointment. On Sunday night, um, I think that he's a lot better player than what he showed. You know, if you've watched him over the course of the season, like that was surprising that he didn't, he played so poorly. 
Um, he is a little dude. Uh, and, you know, that, that isn't a bad run defense at all in Pittsburgh. But he certainly got outplayed by Josh Jackson out of Northwestern, who was a, a much better Justin. prospect than, you know, his seventh round draft status suggested. He's like got every record in Northwestern's, um, record books. He's not, he's not big, but he's not small. You know, he's six foot 199. Um, that's like Chris Johnson's old listing. And he looks like a, a power back compared to Austin Eckler, of course. But I think that against such a bad run defense, they are both quality flex plays uh, against Cincinnati. Keenan Allen, I mean, you know, we talked about it last week. I mean, a lot of people were surprised to see linebackers covering Keenan Allen. But we, we told you that that would happen before the game. The, the Steelers use a ton of uh, zone looks. They play man, a lot of man on the outside. You know, it's it's like classic cover three. They, they play a lot of man on the outside, and they use a lot of zone in the middle of the field. And although Mike Hilton is a good slot corner, you know, he was never going to go run around chasing Keenan Allen wherever he went. And so he wound up getting matched up with linebackers for a bunch of the game, and nobody, none of them could cover him, shockingly. Uh, so he had a monster game. And Cincinnati is a little bit similar, at least just in terms of they're get, you're, you're going to get more matchups against linebackers. And the Bengals, um, the Bengals linebackers are awful. And Vontae Burfitt probably, or he might not play. He's back in the concussion protocol. He's had a ton of concussions, you know, so that probably lowers his probability of playing in the game. Um, I think that Keenan Allen eats again. You know, every reason to expect him. He did the same thing last year where he was like kind of disappointing early in the season. And then in the, in the back half, he just, he was a league winner. Um, and that's what he has been, uh, since their, their midseason bye. Um, Phillip Rivers, I think he should have a good game as well. Uh, has not been an upside play, but he's been very, very consistent. He's got double digit, or I'm sorry, he's got, two or more touchdown passes in every game this year. So if that's what you're looking for, you know, just a tote, like the complete opposite of like a guy like Josh Allen, where he's either been dreadful or he's been a monster, uh, Phillip Rivers has been bankable week in and week out. Um, don't really want to mess with Mike or, or Tyrell Williams. You know, Travis Benjamin, the shot play dude, um, you know, he, he, he ripped one last week, but that's not really something that you can count on. Uh, Bengal side, Driscoll, just, just don't want any part of the passing game really at all. I, I think that, you know, it's better for, uh, Tyler Boyd, I think, when AJ Green is in there and then when I don't think we're going to see AJ Green this week. Joe Mixon did run well against Denver, but it's just a bad team at this point. His matchup is good. You know, the Chargers have not been good in run defense, and the middle of their defense has been ripped apart by injuries. Uh, but, I mean, he's a kind of a concerning RB2 play, uh, being a, a big road underdog. Um, yeah, that about that about takes care of that. We can move on to the next one. Okay, how about Philip Lindsay and the Broncos against the Niners, the disappointing Niners who – once again, have a running back I've never heard of getting yards and looking pretty good. 
Who is yeah. this guy? Who is Jeff Wilson? He's he played in North Texas. That's all I know. I I didn't know anything about him. I remember looking at his name like on the training camp, uh, you know, roster, and you know, like who is this this guy? You know, but but then Joe Williams dropped out, and then you know they signed Alfred Morris, but he hasn't given them he hasn't given them what they wanted. Raheem Mostert got injured; he's out for the season, and Brita is banging. I'm pretty sure we talked about that on last week's show. How you know he had a lot of yards last week or the week prior, and but man, there's something wrong with him. I mean, he did not look right. And then he got limited in practice, and he aggravated again. And so, uh, do we know for sure that Breida? No, we don't know. I, I have not heard the latest on Breida. Although I will say this, Evan, I think mm-hmm. an argument can be made, especially when you see that Wilson did a nice job, that they've really managed this poorly, having Breida out there limping around rather than just letting it heal and nip it in the bud so that he could be 100% out there and playing football healthy. I mean, they have success with pretty much every running back they put in there. I don't know why they just had, you know, Breida at so so far below 100% for so long. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah. So, I, you know, just talking about fantasy, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm totally with you, but, like, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to play out on Sunday. Like, I, I just don't know. Maybe we'll have a better idea on Friday after we see how they do during the practice week. I mean, Wilson even uh, suffered like a, what appeared to be a foot injury during the game. So I, 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 I'm not, I don't feel comfortable talking about that. I guess I just don't have enough information. Um, Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin we were both out again last week. Pierre Garcon, actually, I think he went on IR. I don't know, I, I can't remember. Knee injury, though. Uh, he hasn't played in several weeks. Marquise Goodwin has been out with a personal problem. Uh, and then Dante Pettis has balled out in two straight weeks. We talked about him last week uh, against Tampa Bay. He put on a route-running clinic. And then against Seattle, I mean, he went nuts. 75-yard touchdown. Um he was he was an absolute monster. Uh, so I, you know, as long as Pierre Garcon and Marquise Goodwin are both uh, sidelined again, uh, Dante Pettis will continue to be a uh, an upside wide receiver. Three would be the best way to describe him. George Kittle was quiet again. I think that he can bounce back. Philip Lindsay, I mean, just what a blur. Uh, and you know, home favorite against San Francisco. I think that he isn't, he's reached to the point of, you know, like being an RB1 in fantasy, just playing at a different speed than anyone else. It's unbelievable also how well they've run blocked. They've had some nice matchups, but it's unbelievable how well they've run blocked after losing Ronald Leary, Max Garcia, and their center, Matt Paradis. So, uh, but they have kept, they're kept, they have kept rolling and, they were very committed to the run last week as well. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. What, what, you know, one of their biggest things, um, for being during their winning streak, the Broncos, the Broncos are like going to make the playoffs at this point. You know, it looked like Vance Joseph was going to be fired after like three games. Um, 
But it looks like they're going to make the playoffs, you know, at this point, or they, they have a very good chance to. And they have not been turning the ball over. Case Keenum has gone four straight games without an interception. And they're going to continue to rely on their defense and their uh, running game to carry them. Now, where that really hurt last week was just in terms of their, their passing game volume. And so when Cortland Sutton had a decent game, I mean, they, you know, they did not, there was not enough passing game volume to support anyone else. So Matt Lacoste was a zero. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, had 19 yards. You know, so that, that is definitely a concern for, uh, the passing game against San Francisco. I think that Lacoste is still in play as like a low end tight end one, high end tight end two. I mean, they're, they're going to throw the ball more this week. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, the 49ers have been getting crushed all year by slot receivers, so I think that he bounces back. Um, Corlin Sutton is going to continue to be a volatile wide receiver for. Uh, we can move, in, move on to the next one. Detroit at Arizona, the Lions and the Cards. Yeah, Christian Kirk out for the season with a broken foot. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is like the only pass catcher left standing for Arizona. Trent Sherfield and JJ Nelson, I think, are going to be the outside receivers. Uh, that, I mean, that's tough, you know, and they, they really struggle to pass protect as well. Um, they are at home against Detroit, who doesn't rush the passer at all, but Josh Rosen, just a low end to quarterback league play. Larry Fitzgerald, Got to keep playing him at least as a wide receiver three every week. Darius Slay is one of the rare uh, cornerbacks who uh, will move inside at times, the rare number one cornerbacks who will move inside. He did that to Robert Woods a fair amount last week against the Rams. So we may see that uh, against Larry Fitzgerald, but, I mean, slot receivers have still been getting it done. I mean, Robert Woods still had five for 67 and a touchdown. A few weeks ago, uh, Anthony Miller had five for 122 and a touchdown as the Bears slot receiver. So uh, Larry Fitzgerald's wide receiver three play with upside. Ricky Seals-Jones just never does anything. Um, David Johnson, ooh, this was this was a really frustrating situation. So David Johnson had 21 touches last week, and he played 52 of 62 snaps. But... Chase Edmonds vultures a six-yard touchdown and an eight-yard touchdown. And before the uh, six-yard touchdown, uh, Chase Edmonds got the ball at the at the eight and scored an eight-yard touchdown, but it was called back uh, due to penalty. And then uh, they didn't, you know, put David Johnson in. Like, they stuck with Chase Edmonds. And Chase Edmonds wound up with these two touchdowns. He only got seven touches for the game. And he did not play a lot of snaps. Um, but that was very, very frustrating. I mean, the Cardinals had a monster rushing day in the game. Uh, Chase Edmonds had five for 53 and two touchdowns. Josh Rosen ripped off like a 33-yard run. I mean, as a team, they had like 200 rushing yards. But, you know, for David Johnson to come out of that with like 72 total yards, no touchdowns, very, very frustrating. Um the Lions have been getting killed in the passing game by running backs. 
uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, six for 57. Uh, the Bears on Thanksgiving had 10, uh, and had 10 catches as a running back unit and two touchdowns and Chase Daniel missed one to them or to, uh, to Tara Cohen that would have given them three touchdowns. So that's a way that I think the Cardinals could employ David Johnson. Uh, I, you know, he, and then Todd Gurley ran all over them on the ground last week. So I think that David Johnson is, he's a frustrating RB2 play. I think that's the best way to describe him. Uh, on Detroit's side, I mean, what a terrible offense, man. I mean, your, your, your touchdown passes to, to your left tackle, uh, Stafford, like, I, what happened to this guy? Like, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure that he was like ever elite, but like, I, he just, the offense is just abysmal. And I understand that they've lost, you know, some talent, but my goodness, it should not be this bad. Uh, don't know if Carryon Johnson will be back. Um, you know, we'll have to see on that. I think you keep rolling with Galladay as a wide receiver three. He was, he's going to get a lot of Patrick Peterson, no question. He does move into the slot occasionally, I think about 25% of the time. Patrick Peterson never goes into the slot. Um, you know, don't want any, anything to do with any of the other pass catchers. I mean, you know, since midseason, the Lions average like 15 points a game. It's, it's, it's a sorry, sad offense. Uh, we can move on to the next one. Next game is a big game. The Eagles, who keep getting contributions from Zach Ertz, who's amazing, but they're also getting, they finally got Golden Tate involved, Sproles with a touchdown, Josh Adams is officially a thing. They're in big D to take on Dallas in a really important game. Yes, yes, very important game. The Cowboys defense has been sensational. We've been talking about it all year. You know, when, when we talked early about how we thought the, the offensive line would be a disappointment, and it has not been from a run, uh, run blocking standpoint, uh, but it has been from a pass protection standpoint. I mean, even last week they gave up like seven sacks to the Saints. Uh, but we, when we were talking about that, you know, we, we thought that the defense would end up being the strength of the team, and, and it has been. Um, and, you know, that it's not a good matchup for anyone in Philadelphia. I mean, none of these guys have, have good matchups. You're looking at Josh Adams, uh, facing a, a great Cowboys run defense. Um, you know, so you're just, you, you're just rolling him as a volume play. Uh, you know, nothing really stands out for Carson Wentz at all. Uh, he's been good in fantasy more often than not this year, but He's not a, not an exciting play against Dallas by any means. Um, you know, Zach Ertz, he's a, another volume play. I mean, the, the Cowboys have a lot of athleticism at linebacker. We'll probably see him matched up with Leighton Vander Ash. If not, if I'll be interested to see if Sean Lee comes back. He's been a difference maker for them more so, uh, in, in pass coverage this year than in run defense. Uh, cause when he's out there, Jalen Smith, doesn't have to play in coverage as much and they can use him downhill. They can, you know, they can use him as a, they've used him as an edge rusher at times. Um, but you want to get him moving north south and with Sean Lee out there, uh, that, you know, they have more have the capability of doing that. So that would be a big, there'll be a big addition, uh, wh- whenever he comes back and he might come back this week. We'll see. Um, 
in the receiver core. I mean, Alshon has just disappeared. He looked so good in his first two or three games uh, since uh, after coming back from the shoulder injury, and he's been a ghost like for five, six weeks in a row now. Uh, we talked about a lot about uh, before the season how guys coming back from uh, PED uh, suspensions uh, had like they would come back and just never be the same or they'd suffer, you know, significant injuries. He had his suspension in 2016 with the bears, um, wound up suffering a significant injury, had an all right season for Philadelphia last year, really didn't do all. I didn't, you know, didn't go over, didn't reach 800 yards was unbelievable in the playoffs. Um, you know, but then had the surgery was kind of slow to recover and then, you know, was unbelievable there for a minute. And my goodness, man, like you can't, he's really used in fantasy at this point. And now he's facing big Cowboys cornerbacks, you know, Byron Jones and Shinobi Awuzie. It's not a good matchup for Alshon. So he's like a low floor wide receiver three play at this point. Golden Tate finally incorporated a lot. Uh, I think that he's got the best matchup in the uh, receiver core. He'll be in the slot and, um, you know, away from Awuzier and Byron Jones, who have been really locked down forces on the outside. Uh, Golden Tate uh, also faced Dallas earlier in the year when he was with the Lions and destroyed them. I mean, I think he had, he had eight catches well over 100 yards. And for Dallas, um, you know, uh, Zeke Elliott is a great fantasy play. The Eagles played good run defense early in the year. Um, they actually played good run defense most of last week's game, except for Adrian Peterson's what ninety-yard touchdown run. Um, on his, he had what eight eight uh, other carries for eight yards. Um, but to, to me, they're not. They're just not imposing enough to worry about Zeke Elliott. Uh, especially behind the run blocking that that has been really good all season long. Amari Cooper has a great great matchup on the outside against uh, Philadelphia. Dak Prescott, he's you know, okay, not great fantasy play here against Philadelphia. Um, and then you know, ever since Amari Cooper came back, none of the other pass catchers have really. Uh, made a mark. I mean, Michael Gallup did in the last game. He's been a factor at times, but uh, not a guy that you can really rely on. Uh, just more of like a DFS, maybe dark throw, but you know, on a team that, that runs the ball as much as Dallas does, like there's just not enough room for you know more than one guy really to be a big-time fantasy contributor. We can move on to the next one. Next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Oakland Raiders. Steelers at the Raiders. Yeah. Um, out in Oakland, uh, late game like those for Ben. You know, the offense looked great in that first half last week, and then the Chargers just took over the game. Uh, and... I think they're going to look good for all four quarters. That's what offenses tend to do against the Raiders, who just do not get any pass rush whatsoever. So Ben is going to have a clean pocket, throwing to A.B., 
you know, Juju, awesome play always. Um, Vance McDonald, I think, is very much in, in play as a tight end starter. Uh, James Conner is going to be out. This is really the most interesting situation to discuss. In, you know, we don't play Ben. You know, to play AB, you know, play Juju. But with James Conner out, uh, the Steelers say they plan on going to a, a multi-back uh, committee. You know, Stephen Ridley is going to be involved. Ryan Switzer can line up in the backfield at times. Uh, but I think the lead back is going to be Jalen Samuels. Uh, played a bunch of positions, uh, jack of all trades at NC State. Pretty good athlete. Ran four five four at six foot two twenty five. When I watched him play at NC State, I thought he'd be like a Trey Burton type of player. Um, but he uh, is going. He, but they drafted him as a running back. He's been used as a running back. He actually has, has I think, tight end eligibility in some fantasy leagues. And my goodness gracious, he. If you can get him at tight end el- eligibility, he's like he's like a top three tight end play. Um, and I think that Yahoo announced that, or they had him at, as, with tight end eligibility, and they said they were going to take it away from him, which I, I don't think that that's right. I, I, you you can't just take away eligibility during the season. Uh, but anyways, you know that's not my decision. Um, that like if you can get him in that spot, I mean. As a guy who has a shot at like, I don't know, 11 carries and, you know, five or six catches, like, that is gold at the tight end position. Uh, as a, a running back or flex play, you know, he's, he's more of like a low end RB2, um, you know, slash flex, but facing the, the Raiders, I mean, it puts him in a very, very good position. He actually had more catches than rushing attempts at NC State. Uh, and I think that he is going to be the lead back. Maybe a little Stephen Ridley in short yarded situations. I don't, I mean, we've seen enough from Stephen Ridley. He doesn't have a whole lot, a whole lot in the tank. Um, Jared Cook, you know, on the other side, if you might be looking for like a, you know, a shot at a touchdown from a tight end. Um, Marcel Aitman scored a, a touchdown on a fade route. Last week from, I think it was like eight or nine yards out. Uh, you know, he, I don't, I don't want to use any of the Raiders pass catchers to, to be, you know, quite frank. Um, all three of the Raiders running backs last week lost a fumble in the same game. DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard and Doug Martin. Then they signed CJ Anderson. Steelers have been good in run defense. No thanks. Uh, we can definitely use the Steelers defense though uh, against Oakland. Uh, Oakland gives up, has been giving up a lot of sacks. We can move on to the next one. Sunday nighter and Monday nighter are both excellent, Evan. Excellent. Let's do the Sunday nighter first, of course. The Rams at the Bears. Yeah, awesome game in real life. I will be interested to see what the weather is like uh, in Chicago on Sunday night. I mean, I got to think it's going to be pretty darn cold. Uh, it's going to be windy. You know, you're playing your uh, your your uh, Rams receivers for sure, Robert Woods. Um, 
you know, the, the Bears have not been intimidating from a, uh, from an outside receiver standpoint either. Josh Reynolds still on that, on the cusp of the, the wide receiver three, uh, discussion. Brandon Cooks always has the big play ability. Um, Gerald Everett, I think, is still a guy to avoid. No tight end has reached 50 yards against the Bears for the entire year. Um, and, you know, Ty Gurley is Ty Gurley, and you're going to play him regardless of matchup. But I, I think that this is a game where your scoring expectation is much lower for the Rams due to the environment, due to the defense that they're facing, due to the fact that they're on the road. Um you know, hey, Jared Goff, like, he played at Cal. You know, he plays in L.A. Like, how many games in his career, even, has he played where, you know, it was like 20 degrees, you know, and you're on the road? Like, maybe, probably like none, you know, maybe like one or two. Uh, so this is going to be different for Jared Goff. They did play a game in Denver earlier this season where it was pretty chilly. Um, so at least he's got that under his belt. And that's a little different, you know, up in the – at altitude. Um, but I think that Jared Goff is kind of like at the low end of the the quarterback one spectrum. That said, the total in the game is pretty good. Um, let's let's watch it this week, see if it, if it goes down a lot. That would be a red flag if the total starts getting bet down a lot. Um but yeah, I mean that's kind of where what we're looking at from the Rams standpoint. Uh, from the Bears standpoint, Ross, do you think that we have uh, a good read that Metro Trubisky is definitely going to be back? I don't know that we have a good read. I I tend to think he will be. They're uh-huh. kind of keeping it close to the vest. They said he threw the ball pretty well before the Giants game, so I I would think he would be, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Um, I think either way, man, this this receiver core, just the entire pass catcher core for the Bears has become a major week-to-week proposition. You know, not not a situation where you can rely on anybody. Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, T- Taylor Gabriel, you know, Tariq Ter- Cohen. I think it's Tariq Cohen. He has been the big time pass catcher for the Bears. Uh, his skill set is just a perfect match for Chase Daniel. And it's no surprise that they have kind of, you know, bonded uh, on the field. And he would be the guy, uh, especially if Chase Daniel plays. But I think that the matchup also suits him if Mitchell Trubisky plays. Jordan Howard, single digit touches. Last week, and you know, take one. Mizell continues to be involved a little bit, uh, just enough to be hurting Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, man, you know, even in a spot like this where Rams have not been great in run defense, um, you know, you, you're getting to play him at home. I still think that he's just not reliable enough to play at this point, uh, primarily because he's so touchdown dependent. He doesn't get catches. Um, you know, and it's like they've kind of soured on him uh, as a player. He did run real well in the first half last week against the Giants, but, you know, they, they go away from him at the drop of a hat. Um, 
Bears defense, man, I, you know, they, they have been such an elite defense that I think you keep rolling with them, but you definitely have a level of concern, um, you know, facing like, don't, don't just generally don't like to use defenses ever against great offenses if you can help it. Uh, but again, you know, there are reasons to think that this Rams team is not going to perform to its usual standard at Soldier Field, right off the lake, um, you know, cold at night, probably going to be windy. Uh, so yeah, keep, keeping an eye on all the, the weather conditions. We can move on to the Monday nighter. Monday nighter, Seahawks and the Vikings. This one is in Seattle, correct? Yes. Yeah, I have not gotten to this one. When we start to, we start to get, you know, the full slates, um, with no buys, I'm, I'm not ready for every game by Wednesday morning and uh, I have not gotten to Seattle, Minnesota, uh, quite yet. Did see both games from last week so we can talk about it from that standpoint. Um, you know, everyone scores a friggin' touchdown for the Seahawks except, except for David Moore who goose eggs. Um, that, that's fun. You know, the week before that he had over a hundred yards and a touchdown and he really seemed like he was trending in the right direction, but, uh, Jerron Brown scores a couple of red zone TDs, you know, and everybody gets theirs except for David Moore. The Seahawks just don't throw the ball a lot. Of course, when Russell Wilson does throw, you know, he's like throwing touchdowns at just an absurd, absurd clip. I mean, I think his touchdown rate is almost nine. Um, and I mean, they, their offense has been functioning at a very, very efficient uh, level. We know that the Vikings defense is really strong, um, uh, especially against the run, especially against running backs. And, uh, you know, James White got it done against them last week, but Sony Michelle really didn't get rolling on the ground a whole lot. And it's just, it's hard to run the ball against them. Uh, with that said, I think that Chris Carson, just based on the fact that, you know, the, the Seahawks perform at a better level when they are at home, they are committed to the run. Their, their run blocking is very solid. Um, Chris Carson, I think, is a volume based RB2 against the Vikings. Uh, in terms of the matchups in the, the pass catcher core, uh, Xavier Rhodes was nowhere near 100%. Last week, the, Dr. Chow was right about him. Um, you know, he was, I mean, they, they, and the Vikings knew that because they began the game rotating him with Holton Hill. Uh, I don't think that we have anything to fear in the Vikings cornerback core at this point. Trey Waynes left last week's game with a concussion. He's had multiple concussions this year. So I have to think that he's in danger of missing this game. And they're very shorthanded at cornerback at this point. I think that Doug Baldwin is a solid wide receiver three play. Tyler Lockett, certainly a solid wide receiver three play. David Moore, an up and down wide receiver four. Russell Wilson, pretty confident fantasy play actually at this point. I mean, this is definitely a game where his pass attempts might be elevated a little bit. He's so good as a runner. Um, I think that he can be he can be solid, not spectacular, in the box score against 
Minnesota. On the other side, man, going to Minnesota or going to Seattle is really, really tough. And, you know, Stefan Diggs has not been 100%. I think that Adam Thielen is, is a fine, you know, high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. Uh, Stefan Diggs, riskier, keep an eye on him, um, you know, as the week progresses. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, Seahawks have been great against uh, tight ends, uh, and he has not had a great season. You know, he, he's gone through stretches where he's invisible. Um, so he's not a, a compelling play, really. I mean, they, they need to get Dalvin Cook rolling in the passing game. He had a lot of catches last week, but the Patriots did such a superb job of tackling. He never got anywhere. Um, and I think it's going to be duff, difficult for the Vikings to establish a running game. Don't, don't really have a high hopes for this game in terms of points scored, but as you mentioned, very interesting for real life with a lot of implications. Uh, the Seahawks are, are rolling right now. I mean, they, you know, their, their, their record overall is not that great, but uh, it's up to seven and five and they have one of the softest schedules down the stretch after this game. If they can pull out this win, I think that they probably will. Um, you know, they could end up finishing like real strong, like 10 and six or 11 and five. Good luck to everyone this week. Evan, unbelievable job as always. I guess we still have to do the show if we meet in the Super Bowl in the Fantasy Feast Redraft Super Bowl. I guess we still have to do the show and you still have to give me all the advice so I can defeat you using your own words and information against you. Which by the way, I think I told you guys this. There's somebody that is number one for the Westgate Casino, the Super Contest, and they get most of their information from Evan for their betting. That's really, I don't know if I told you that Evan. BetOnline.ag, using the promo code PODCAST1, that is the key. You go there, obviously, you can bet, if you want this weekend, Army-Navy game, you got uh, the Heisman Trophy ceremony, week 14 in the NFL, but there's a guy, he emailed me, he's in first place right now, Super Contest, Westgate Casino, he listens to Fantasy Feast every week to get an idea of game flow, how it's going to go, how you think it's going to go down, Evan. And it's a huge, huge part of his process for making his picks and why he's had so much success so far this year. Pretty awesome, really. BetOnline.ag using the promo code PODCAST1. That'll do it for us. Cannot tell you how much we appreciate Apple Podcast rankings or retweets. Look, obviously, this podcast is free. We're not asking to pay anything. All we ask is for a retweet or a like when I post it on Facebook, facebook.com slash NFL. Or if you appreciate it, take advantage of our sponsors. Or you can get the Madden with the light stream. I mentioned that yesterday. Or leave a leave an Apple podcast rating. Really helps. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.